think Sammy's just got a, a brief testimony to share uh, this morning, and then we're going to hear from, from Josh. Do you want to come up, Sammy? And just Sammy had a, a breakthrough last Sunday night, and yeah, just wanted him to share that. Yeah, so um, I'll give a bit of context to it. So um, I was spending time with the Lord before church on last Sunday night, and I was reading the Psalms actually and Psalm 18 and I've sort of, yeah, kind of had a bit of a struggle in my mind um, just with lies um, and just, yeah, been kind of felt, feeling like really beat down by them and just kind of almost like to a point of like, oh, like I know this is not the truth, like deep down, it doesn't resonate with my spirit, man, but it's just like it's so, it's so real in my mind and I can't escape it and just kind of just sort of, yeah, it's it's kind of been something I like sort of really struggling to break out of. But anyway, I was reading in the Psalms um, and there was just one verse where David's like it says like the Lord like he trains my hands for war, it's verse thirty four, he trains my hands for war, so my arms can bend a bow of bronze. And then down in verse 37, David says, I pursued my enemies and I overtook them and did not turn back till they were consumed. I thrust them through so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet for you equipped me with strength for the battle and you made those who rise against me sink under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me and those who hated me I destroyed. They cried for help but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord but he did not answer them. And this is like the verse that really, really struck me. It says, I beat them fine as dust before the wind. I cast them out like the mire of the streets. And in the New King James Version, it says, I, I, I threw them like dust to the wind. And like, and I, yeah, I feel like, yeah, the Lord's just really been speaking on me about, about rising up in my authority and actually taking it to the enemy and going, no, like this is what I'm, the word of God says about my life. And I'm not going to give you a place to, to speak to me. And David actually, like David in the Psalms doesn't just have like an apathetic approach against the enemy, but he says, no, I'm actually going to take you and throw you like dust to the wind. And that's so significant today because like I've just felt this just real stirring in me of late, just like I've, just the enemy is just like everywhere we look, like, it looks like he just has so much, so much to play and he just plays with with the children of God. He, he's like, it's like, it's almost like he's he's just, He's taken out, like, you know, we see, like, all the world. But just I've just had this real stirring in me that it's like, no, I'm going to, like, rise up in my spirit, man, and actually take take it to the devil. And, um, yeah, so, I've yeah, I've actually been, like, confessing the word of God every day, actually speaking declarations out, actually declaring the word of God. And there's something powerful when you actually speak the word of God. It actually carries, like, it's it, Jesus says his words are spirit and life. And when you speak the word of God, they're not just man's words. They're actually words that have the power to do what, what, they, what they say they will. And, yeah, so I've actually been speaking out the word of God every day just over my life and over my mind and saying, like, mind, you will line up with the spirit of God. Like, like flesh, you will line up with the spirit of God. Like, today, I'm not going to give my mind place to the enemy. And it's, it's actually, it's, it's helped me a lot. But anyway, I'll get to what I experienced on Sunday night. I was down the front, um, down here on the left, just in worship uh, after the sermon. And, yeah, I just had this, yeah, just real deep, deep cry within me, just like, God, like, I, 
I want I want you like this is like enough I'm I'm done I'm done with this I'm done with just being a puppet in the devil's hands and this is like this is not this is not right this is not who you've created me as a son and I just just began to groan out like from deep within me and like I had thoughts oh you should stop like what's everyone going to think like we're doing like a nice worship song but I just I was like no I'm not stopping I'm going to keep crying out I just and I just started groaning out just like just making all sorts of noises and I just just kept going kept going and and it was like it was almost like a battle in the spirit of like I'm not going to be silent against the enemy. Like I'm taking it to you, and like I I have the victory because because of what Jesus has done. But I'm going to rise up in like my authority as like in the authority that Jesus Christ has given me, and I'm not going to be played like a puppet on the string. And then I just laid down, and I like just began to experience the presence of the Lord, and just started yeah feeling Him powerfully. And then I just began rolling around on the floor, and just just and I just kept making these noises there's these there's these like shouts these like victory shouts and it, it was yeah it was like the holy spirit inside of me my spirit man was actually rising up and going like like no like you have a voice like when you speak you like when like the words that we speak are so powerful it says like there's life and death in the power of the tongue and like when we speak negative words over our life or we confess like that what we're not in Christ, it actually, it comes to pass. So like it's so important to speak what God says over our lives and to, to confess it and to declare it. And, and then I saw this vision. I was up on the, on, up on the heights uh, with Jesus and I saw, saw this lion and I was up there with him. And then I saw um, the, the enemy and it says like the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. He's not, he's not a roaring lion, but he, he acts like a roaring lion. He acts like he has power. Then I saw him like trying to come up this mountain, but I was up on the mountain with Jesus. And I saw that I had the, I was above him. I, I'm seated in the heavenly places with Christ. And when I use my my words, when I speak the word of God against him, he must bow down to the word of God. He must submit his, like submit to the word of God. And the word of God is forever settled in heaven. And I just, I, yeah, just kept, began to cry out even more just, and yeah, I just got a real breakthrough and I just, I began to laugh at the enemy and how defeated he actually is. He's, he's such a liar and he's under our feet. He has no authority. He has no power in our lives. Like our lives belong to Jesus. And like the thing is like, we, I think we, we've all heard that so many times, but it's actually so true. And like we have, we have to believe it. We have to rise up. We have to rise up and like not settle for anything else. And yeah, and like I just need to act like that is true and not back down and take like take the fight to the enemy and throw him like dust to the wind. Like don't just put up with him. But there's so many verses in the Old Testament about just like David just cutting off the head of his enemies, but then he just absolutely just annihilates him. And like I've I've just had this, yeah, real stirring in my spirit just to absolutely annihilate like every work of the enemy that would come against me because I'm not going to stand for that. Like I'm going to stand on the word of God and... Yeah, so, and I, I feel like that's such a fitting word just for this time, like, just just to rise up and, like, the authority that Jesus has given us because it's, it's, it's there, but it needs to be taken. It, it, it doesn't just come, like, it, you actually need to step into it and go, go like, no, like, I'm, I'm going to take it to you and I'm just going to absolutely destroy you, devil. Like, you, you have no place, you have no power in my, in my life and I, I belong to Jesus and... It's so like as simple as that, but it's just it's just rising up and as a soldier of Jesus Christ and that's it.
Amen. Thanks, Sammy. It's, uh, when God spoke to Joshua before he came into Jericho, he said, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll, uh, you will make your, your way, then you will make your way prosperous. So through meditating on the word of God and observing to do all that is in it, you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous through what you meditate on. And it's interesting when you look at that word meditate, we think meditation is sitting on a hill with our feet crossed and just emptying our mind but that's that's actually a lie from the devil and that's a very dangerous thing to do any meditation outside of god's word is is a lie from the enemy and it opens yourself up to attacks from the demonic realm so biblical meditation it's interesting i i, I looked at that word it's a word in the uh, hebrew it means it's called haga haga that's to meditate and it actually, I was surprised because it, it means a few things in the English. The first thing it means is to roar. <laughs> to roar like a lion. Se- second thing it means is to growl like a dog. The third thing it is to utter and to speak. So as we meditate on God's word, there's a, just like Sammy experiences, a roaring from the inside, like a lion on the inside, which is Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, roars on the inside and, and wants to get out and manifest the presence of God. So to devise, to muse, to imagine, to utter and to mutter. So to meditate on God's word, it's both uttering, it's speaking, it's imagining, it's roaring. And it's a powerful thing to practice. And then in Isaiah, uh, in Isaiah 31 verse 4, it says, For thus the Lord has spoken to me, as a lion roars. That word roar is the same word to meditate. It's the same hugger. As a lion roars over his prey. That's what God does over you and me when, we, when true biblical meditation is coming to alignment with the roar of God over our lives. That the enemy cannot touch us. He's below us. And any, any voice that the enemy tries to speak into our head, it's just a lie. It's a deception. The truth is that, that, that you have a roar of God inside of you. And if you've been troubled by the enemy's thoughts... Uh, over anxiety, depression or negativity, then I would encourage you to just go through the Word of God, get the Scriptures to counteract that lie and begin to confess it every day and, and to declare it over your life. That's what the Lord does over us, but He needs us to do the same over ourselves. He needs us to agree with Him. So as a lion roars over his prey, he will not... Uh, when a multitude of shepherds is summoned against him, uh, he will not be afraid of their voice. 
So there's a true shepherd, but there's also false shepherds. Satan comes as an angel of light uh, to come against his people. But he will not be afraid of their voice nor be disturbed by their noise. So the Lord of hosts will come down to fight for Mount Zion and for his hill. The Lord himself will come down like a lion and fight for his people and to defend his hill, his hill of Zion, which is our inhabited, our place, our inheritance. Amen. That's good. It's good. Thank you, Sammy. Yeah, Jesus, we just praise you, Father. You are so, so good. And, yeah, we just thank you that you have released heaven um, on your house this morning. And, yeah, we just declare your victory and we just declare um, the sonship that you have given us. Um, yeah, we just, um, yeah, just release our hearts to you, Father, and just release um, soft hearts and, and, and just give you our ears, God. We just ask that you would um, give us ears to hear and, um, yeah, just speak through Josh and just impart your words, impart your truth. Um, yeah, just thank you, Lord, that heaven is um, is flowing and, yeah, just thank you that your, your, your kingdom is flowing. Um, yeah, we just ask you to speak through Josh, God. Give us hearts to hear. Thank you, Father. You are so good. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning, everybody. Thank you for responding so politely. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just going to rip straight into it. Thank you, worship guys. That was just incredible. Um, I'm going to speak this morning on um, the kingdom of God and God's goodness. Um, so, Jesus, the number one thing that he came to preach was the kingdom. That was his whole mission, his purpose, was to bring the kingdom and to preach the kingdom. So I think it's something that can sometimes, it's a bit of a coin term, Christian term, build the kingdom, bring the kingdom, do the kingdom, eat the kingdom, everything the kingdom. <laughs> and sometimes it can be a little bit hard to go, oh, it actually is the kingdom. So I thought uh, I'll sort of go through the kingdom and explain how it works and explain how we enter into the kingdom and how we enjoy the Lord and, and, and taste of his goodness. So, what is the kingdom? So, the kingdom isn't something that we need to build. It's not something that we need to conjure up. It's something that is already established. It's in heaven. The kingdom is in heaven. There's a ruler. There's a, a, a dominion. There's a hierarchy. Jesus is the king of the kingdom and he has his angels around him that sing holy, holy, holy. And, and it's, a, it's a place, it's an ecosystem. It's a place where, where God's rule is established. And I haven't personally been up to heaven, but I've heard a lot of people say when they, they go up to heaven and have these experiences, they say it's actually a real place. There's real things in there. There's uh, streets of gold, some have say. There's... Um, I heard one guy say, there's, there's a library uh, and it's got just millions and millions of books. And those books are the people's destinies. It says that in Psalms. Every one of my days are written. Uh, David says that. Um, so there's books. There's, uh, you know, people have seen jewels, you know, of, you know, God's gifts onto people. 
uh, wisdom. Wisdom's a person. You know, there's a spirit of the Lord, the spirit of might. There's all these things. It's a, it's a living, breathing ecosystem that's happening regardless of what we're doing down here. The kingdom's established on earth. On, I'm sorry, in heaven. Okay? So Jesus' message was to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth, right? That was his rule. That was his, uh, his mission. So perfect, perfect example, one of the many examples in the Bible are... Luke 10, uh, sorry, Luke 17, 20 to 21, for those who like to jot things down. Jesus uh, performed a miracle and he cleansed 10 lepers. After that, he says from verse 20, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So Jesus was saying, it's not necessarily me becoming the king of Israel. It's not something visually you can see. I just cleanse ten lepers. And in heaven, those lepers are cleansed. They're, in fact, they're not even lepers. They're just people, right? So when I healed them, the kingdom came. Because that's, because that's what's happening in heaven. And now that's what's established in earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that was, so basically he went over and he just took, uh, and he took that ground. Same, he's talking about his, his breakthrough. In heaven, there's no tormentation, there's no uh, lies. So that, that real estate in the mind gets taken over. The kingdoms come. The kingdoms come over your mind. The kingdoms come over your body, you get healed. The kingdoms come over your family, there's restoration, you know, all these things. It, it encompasses every single facet of life because in heaven, it encompasses every single facet. It's a living, breathing thing. And an invitation that Jesus did was to bring it on earth as it is in heaven. So the next question, how do you enter the kingdom? Glad you asked. So this is the second time hearing this from our revival group. I went and jabbed on about it, but one of the, uh, one of the verses which I'm going to take about how you enter the kingdom is from Matthew 18, 3 to 4. All right. Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Okay? So that's just, that's one example, and I'm going to take this one and explain how to enter the kingdom, how to... How to, um, to eat of the fruit of the kingdom. So, in order to do that, I'm going to tell you a little story. So, I was out in the bush one time, enjoying the bush, sitting on a rock, enjoying the sun on my back, and I heard a little noise um, amongst the leaves. And when you're in the bush, you know, the whole the floor of, the, of the, the bush, the forest, is covered with leaves. So, you hear a noise when it's really quiet, it just could be anything. Because it's so quiet, you can hear the birds, the flies sometimes, you can hear everything. So that noise, I'm thinking, okay, could be anything. Could be a goanna, could be a kangaroo. I don't know. Could be anything. Could be a, a skink. I don't know. And I thought, well, it'd be nice to know what's, what it is, but I'm not expecting to. Um, anyway, lo and behold, out of the woodworks comes two little mice. I was like, I've never seen a mouse in the bush. 
never seen a mouse which is like that's wow I was quite shocked and I was like oh my goodness and my first thought was like why is there a mouse in the bush mice aren't meant to be in the bush you know we the, the only mice I see yeah the only good mouse is a dead mouse <laughs> Not necessarily true, but that's kind of... The only mice I see is the one in rat traps, you know? Bang, dead. Like, one time my dad brought me a rat because um, it's what me and my dad have a bit of a thing <laughs> where we enjoy catching rats, a bit of, bit of a pastime. Um, anyway, I, he came, brought it to me just to show it to me and I did the right thing, which was to end the life of the rat. But anyway, that's irrelevant, but... The point being is most of the rats I come across, mice rats, are invasive rats, right? I kill them. We kill them. The rat traps. I don't ever see them. But I'm, I'm thinking, okay, bad. Mouses here. Rats here. Like, first instinct, get rid of it, you know? Gross. Disgusting. Then I jog back in my memory to something I read on the Terry Hills community page which was um, someone going, oh, how do you tell the difference between, you know, a native mouse? And someone had said, put a link up, and uh, the invasive rats, the non-native rats, have uh, a tail that's longer than their body, whereas the native rats have uh, a tail that's, like, the same or shorter than their body. Little, more like just little sort of tails, or the big ones, big, big pole sort of things, you know, like... Big, dirty, you know. So I, I inspected into these mouse and I came and drew, came to the conclusion it's a native mouse. So I'm like, oh, thank goodness, it's a native mouse. I don't have to bring out my execution weapons that I don't have on me at the moment. Um, I can just, okay, cool. I'm like, wow, that's good then. Mice are, are good. Um, all right, it's good it's here. Um, maybe I can get into bush conservation and because um, occasionally I see people going into the bush and catching mice and it's some, something to do with conservation, you know, showing people, maybe breeding them, I don't know, but maybe I should get into that. Okay, cool. And then I was thinking to myself, I was like, interesting, because of my knowledge, my knowledge, I make a call whether that's a good mouse or a bad mouse, Okay. You're thinking, yeah, what has this got to do with anything? I'm going to try and bring it home. So basically, and I was thinking, okay, my, my beautiful little boy Judah, if he was here, what would he do? Because sometimes it's like you think, oh, be, what if he saw it? Like your, your kids, you know, when they see, because you love seeing that look in that face where they just they look at it and they have no idea. And I think he would just look at it and he would just, he doesn't know whether it's good or bad. It's just a mouse. Like, he, he's probably never seen a mouse. I haven't killed one yet and showed him. <laughs> um, he would just enjoy the mouse. Just look at the mouse and go, oh, wow. Like, it, he wouldn't even think. He would just enjoy it and just be happy because he doesn't know a world where there's right or wrong. He knows a world where every good thing comes from my parents and they look after me, right? So, to bring it home there... Sometimes entering the kingdom, we get reborn and we no, longer, we no longer live by the law, by what's wrong and what's right. We live by God's goodness because every perfect give, gift comes from God right? and we're thankful on that. 
And so that's even when we worship, we're thanking God. And it's like, that's what the kingdom's like because it's a perfect father, a good God, and we worship him. So entering the kingdom, you become like a child. And one of the things I want to emphasize here is the child knows the goodness of their parents. Right? He knows the goodness of their parents. To enter the kingdom, we've got to become like a child and we've got to know the goodness of God, that he, ha- he loves us, he's got our best interests in mind. Um, I, my first experience of entering the kingdom and uh, of tasting the kingdom, and I'm not talking about becoming a Christian. Becoming a Christian is salvation. Entering the kingdom is, is, a, is a different, this is what I'm talking about. Because you can live, you can become a Christian your whole life and just tick the boxes, do what's right, do what's wrong, become, go to church, you know, raise a good family, bloody, bloody, blah. But to enter the kingdom is to taste of the goodness of God and to establish his reign and rule on earth as, as is in heaven, right? It's something that Jesus says, well, if you want to enter the kingdom, this happens. You've got to do this. And I had, I had some breakthrough in my life a few years ago through, um, many of you know, Keith um, had some. He really, I'm really thankful to him. He, he brought so much breakthrough into my life. Um, and one of the first things that allowed me to taste the kingdom, enter the kingdom, was to understand that God's, that God's good, that he's no longer angry at me. And when you're under the law of sin and death, God's always angry at you. You've always got to appease him. There's, all, there's this, it's this inherent guilt. I've got to do this for God. I've got to do that for God. Oh, I'm sin. I've got to repent. Sackcloth and ashes, and and for me it was a, it was condemnation built in there as well. But it doesn't necessarily have to be. It can also just be. I just got to do good for God, and I got to do that. And I've got to do that. If you hear yourself th- um, speaking the language to yourself, I've just got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do that. It's a it's it's a law mindset. It's right or wrong. I've got to please a God a good God. And when I had that breakthrough in my life, I remember Keith prophetically said to me, God's proud of you. And that was such a breakthrough for me because I was always trying to appease a God that was angry at me. And that was a huge breakthrough. And I noticed, and one thing I noticed for me was that one of the first things changed in my prayer life was the dot points. The the dot points of prayer just got deleted. And I started, I just started thanking God. And I'm not against prayer points. I pray like I love prayer points you know what I mean but I'm just telling you that was the first response for me was to no longer live by gotta pray for this gotta pray for that gotta repent from that gotta to oh god I'm so thankful for you I am so thank you for my car thank you for my family thank you for your grace thank you for your love thank you that I've got a job and and I just couldn't thank god enough and that was just the, the outflowing of my heart in the kingdom god is good that we are under a good God that has a good reign. All right. So, how do we activate the kingdom? How do we birth desires of God in us and taste of it? It says in the Psalms, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's Psalm 34, verse 8. Jules knows it off by heart. Good Christian. <laughs> no, good son. Um, his goodness leads us to desire him and births in us more desires. So, um, 
So a revelation, I, oh, I'm not going to call it a revelation, a thought I had, right, about, about God, um, about the Spirit of the Lord and the Spirit of the world. It's like a river, both are rivers, right? And when you, and when you enter a river, you get pulled by its currents, right? And you get taken down the river. Um, when, you, when you taste of the Spirit of the world... There's desires there, and you get taken down there. And the more you go down there, you're gonna—it's gonna open up more and more desires of the world for evil, and you're gonna have an increased appetite for sin. It's gonna grow and grow and grow, and it's gonna take you down that river. When you taste of the spirit of the Lord, when you taste and see that God is good, it's a river as well, and it takes you in there. And you taste more and more of God. And you want more and more and more of God. And you want a taste of his goodness. And it pulls you in. They're both literally spiritual powers. It's, it's a power. It, I'm, not talking, um, I'm not talking theories here. I'm talking this is a spiritual reality. There is a spirit at work of disobedience wanting you to pull you away from the love of God. And there is a spirit of the Lord pulling you into the knowledge of God that wants to bring you into God's goodness and his love. And in Revelation, we see the ends of those two rivers. Where do they flow to? Revelation 22, 1 to to 2. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its Twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were healing the nations. That river that we get pulled into, it flows into the throne of God and where God is the king and it brings healing. It brings healing for the nations. Where does the, tree of the, where does the, the, the river of the spirit of the world end up? Revelation 20.10 And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beasts and the false prophets were and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The spirit of the world, the river that pulls you in, its end is a stagnant lake. It's no life. It just sits there, right? So you've got to understand there is is real, the spirit of the world and the spirit of the Lord, there is real... Um, pull in each. There's there's a real um, appeal to both, but, but this I'm just explaining. What's the end of it? Where does it lead to? Healing of the nations, and a lake of fire of tormenting. There's no stagnate. There's stagnation there. All right. So back to to tasting God's goodness. How do we taste of it? How do we enter this river? How do we see the kingdom come? Moses, uh, in Exodus 33, 18-19, Moses said, Please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. God's power, his glory, is in direct correlation with his goodness. 
They're one of the same. Why? Because every single work of God, every single power of God is a direct, um, a direct reflection of his goodness. When he heals someone, it's because he's a good God. When he parted the Red Sea, it's because he's a good God and he wanted to lead his children out into freedom. When he parted the waters for the children of Israel to go into the promised land, it's because I've got more for you, children of Israel. Every single power and working of God is his goodness, which God's saying, I'll do more than your glory. I'll show you your goodness because his glory is just a reflection of his goodness, of his love, of who he is. So why did Jesus love so much those who had faith, those who... Um, those who, who, who were able to, to say, you know, don't worry. Like there's examples of um, Centurion who just said, Lord, you don't need to come into my house. Just speak the word and the miracle will be done. And Jesus says, wow, great faith. Because uh, Jesus also, Jesus says, uh, I haven't got a reference for this, but blessed are those who do not need to see but still believe. Right? There's a blessing. Why is there a blessing? When you, when you don't have to see but you still believe? Because you believe that God is good. Because when you don't believe, what you're saying to the Lord and what you're saying to the, what you're declaring is, I'm not really sure that God's good. I'm not so sure, which is why I'm not, I'm, I can't have faith in this. Because is he God? Is he good? Is he? I don't know. When you believe, it's saying to God, I know you're good. And you're speaking out and you're declaring by your actions what God already is. And by that, you activate a kingdom which is on heaven and it comes into earth. You enter like a child, you believe that God is good, that he has your best interests in mind. Believing in God is seeing the unseen kingdom and everything that we have, everything we need is bountifully provided by a loving Heavenly Father. Everything we need is, is, is from God. And then Matthew 7, 11. If then, you, if, uh, if, then who are, if then you who are evil know how to give, give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So everything we need in God, everything... Everything that we, we can possibly want in God. It's just a no-brainer. He's good. He will give it to us. So the encouragement, there's not as much a, a direct sort of um, instruction or anything from the message. All it is, it's an invitation to start entering his kingdom. To start seeing the rule and the reign get established on earth. And I'm, I'm not even, didn't even go into, you know, how you do that in your family or, or in, in your, it's, First, we need to know God's good. We need to know God's good and that he loves us and that his glory, his power, his dominion is because he's a good God who loves us. So I'm going to finish up there. Lord, we just thank you so much for your goodness. We just thank you that you are a God who is slow to anger and abounding in love. You've always been the same, God. I just pray, Father, that you would touch us in our hearts, in a way uh, that we would forever know that you are good, Lord.
And Father, I just pray that we would start tasting of your goodness, start tasting of heaven, start tasting of who you are, your rulership. And that as we taste that, Lord, it, it can birth desires of your goodness, Lord. Birth desires for you, God. Birth desires to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we praise you, God, and we thank you, Lord. As the angels are in heaven, Lord, we just praise you because that's what we're going to be doing. And Father, I just, I just thank you for just simply who you are, Lord. We just rejoice with a childlike faith. We're just knowing and just receiving that you are a good God, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.